With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Scala Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Okay, so welcome to this week's uh, Westerer is Besterer podcast. And there's no tongue-in-cheek when I say that this week. It's it's getting harder and harder to believe, but it is, you know, Westerer is is Bestera. Uh I think I'm right on that. Am I, am I right on that, March? Martin's joining me once again this week. Am I, am I right on that? Yes, you are right. The West of Ireland <laughs> is the best, as they say. <laughs> It's getting harder and harder to believe, isn't it? It's it's been a tough old week to be a Scarlet supporter this week. Yeah, I mean, I I saw uh, somewhere uh, like a really old quote from Gareth Jenkins saying that Swansea v Llanelli was the yard measuring stick for Welsh rugby, and you're looking at it now and going, "Woo, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't look so true at the moment." No, but then I was doing the the fixtures for the rest of the season earlier today and it's a long old season you know it is a long old season I think it's 18 games is the full season so we're yeah, in the league yeah so we've done round six so you know we we've still got a fair old distance to go and I think we've just got to kind of keep faith with yeah, we've got decent players here. We've got decent structure around them. We've got decent coaching team. It's it's gonna it's gonna click. It's gonna click. But but uh, before we before we go into the game from uh, last Friday, last Friday seems so long ago. <laughs> it really does. Just seem months ago now. But yeah. Uh, the game was was last Friday, so as always, let's let's kick off and have a look at some of the three word reactions after the game. Um, Do we have to? I said I would. <laughs> I, I, there's not a lot of positivity on there. I'll be honest. It's um, so Steve. Steve says it's not good enough. James is saying some things never change. John makes the point that lineouts are non-existent. I wouldn't say they're non-existent. I'd say there were loads of them. I'd just say we balls them all up. I'd say that was the problem. I'd, you know? I'd say it was good ball for corner, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, and we said last week how well the lineouts were going. You know, with, with Ken there, everything was going well. You know, they were improving. Scrum was improving. Well, I, I think the scrum did improve. But yeah, it's um, anyway. Lineouts non-existent. Uh, David, we need new management. So Paul, Paul says, deficient, disappointing, indiscipline. I think Paul's got the hang of the three-word thing there. I think Paul's he Paul's nailed it <laughs> there. Yeah, we've got that. Um, and then just to balance out Paul really nailing the three words, 
Uh, different Steve says, it's embarrassing. Bring back Robin McBride from Leinster to help out. I don't think Steve there has really grasped the three-word element of three-word reactions. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Bring McBride in. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later because, you know, they, that is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Judith, we were shocking... And I'm not sure if, if Catherine is, is this is just a general question for the day or if it is meant for us. So Catherine says, what's going on? You know, you, you can take that one of two ways. <laughs> you know, you, you, she must have might have just had a couple of beers or something and just be sat there going like, oh, man, what's going on? Or it is a case of, come on, boy, sort it out. What's going on? So, yeah, all quite quite negative really yeah but did you but you know we make a point of doing the three word reactions literally straight after after the final whistle and it, it is that's the point of it it's a reaction and most of those three word reactions are in kind of within an hour or two do you know what I mean they, 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 they are quite while it's fresh in the memory and, it's the instant and, emotions yeah and you know, rugby's an emotional game. That's that's why we love it, isn't it? It's it's that you look at the dragons at the minute and you think they're sitting top of the table. You know, they've had two wins and uh, you know they, they did play well on Sunday, but you'd think that they were ready to take on Europe and, and what have you. And reality is is actually yeah, but you like you love seeing a team like that again a good result though. It doesn't matter where they, what country they're from. You see hmm. someone who is generally a lower down, and they they perk up as, as they tend to once or twice a season. You just hmm. you just love seeing it. You can feel the atmosphere in your house. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll be honest. I watched that Dragons game. I was cheering for the Dragons because well, one they were right. playing against the Ospreys, and that's my second team. You know, Scarlets first. Whoever's playing against the Ospreys second. So you know, and and then watching the Dragon, it was genuinely an interesting, quite an interesting game. And you contrast that with what we watched on Friday, you know, I know conditions, like we, we spoke about last week when we were talking about the Connacht game, conditions were always going to play um, a big part in it because they do at Connacht just because it's so exposed and it's a bloody nightmare to play there. You know, it's like playing at Fishguard. It, it's you hoof the ball and poof, it's gone. So we knew that's what we were going out there against. But I just, oh, I our first half was good. Second half, not so. So yeah, we'll, we'll, let's let's go from the start. What were your what were your thoughts on the game from the start, mate? Well, uh, I, I I don't know how really to say this in any other way, but you know. Cornet was literally the first game that I honestly thought we never had a chance of winning. Mm. I mean, you know, there were some inconsistencies with the ref, you know, the uh, the yellow that should have been red, the, the you know, the penalty try. If if you watch the line out, you can you can clearly see they are backlifter covering in front, which the ref picked up earlier in the game, but he didn't at that point. Mm. But you know, we we we, we sat here talking about refs. And we, we shouldn't be. It should, it should, like, don't be wrong. If there's a contentious issue, you know, in one in one game over the whole round, then fair enough. But to be talking about it almost every game is 
is getting a bit much. And I think, you know, you, you have to question yourself on that about are, you, are we just moaning about rest? And then you watch it again and you know, well, I've, I've got Osprey's friends that were saying you were stitched up there and Cardiff friends going, you know, that you had two tries given that weren't tries and you had a guy ramming his head into the ground. You know, how how is that the same as somebody being offside? It, it doesn't, that, that balance isn't there. So I, I, I know... We, we have not had the rub of any ref at all this season. And, and I don't know how you fix that. You know, I know how you fix a poor line out. You, you go back, you work on it, and you go, right, this is, uh, this is what we're going to do. You change a few things, you bring people in, you get the hooker throwing. You know, th- there's a solution to that. There's a solution to your scrum not working well. There's a solution to not defending a high ball. There is no solution to defending. That guy got pile-drived when we were defending on our own line. And we'd actually held them out for three or four minutes and they were looking desperate. And he yeah. lifted him. All right, he, the guy inside him was stood a bit of up. Yeah, but he stood up, but he still had hold of his neck, which he shouldn't have. And he held his head and pulled him into the ground. Now, yeah, he turned him upside down and he made sure he stayed that way. Yeah. Now, how do you coach against that? That's not something that should affect the the uh, that should negatively affect the outcome of the game. Do you know what I mean? You you should be able to go right. Okay, that's a red card. You're gone. Yeah. And for. A, you could see it in the players kind of looking at the ref and going like, well, how, how is that? How is that only a yellow? What, what is a red card? If that's only a yellow, you know, do I get to just stick a couple of punches on the nose and just, you know, we'll see it. Is that a red, you know, do I get to stick a boot in the stomach and when he's on the floor, see if that's a red, you know, what does it take? Yeah, if I do like the, the one-inch grossly punch, is, is that okay? Because it was close to the face. Yeah, exactly. You just, you know, I thought on the whole, the ref was okay. He he, he consistently missed um, Connaught sealing off on the floor. At, at one point, they literally had <laughs> a player, right, went over the top of the ball and sealed off. But a player came in behind him and went underneath him. So he had one leg over the top of his shoulder. And he, he was on his elbows. Yeah, I know you're on. I, I can remember seeing that. And you're just like, how was that not seen? How are you? I, I go again. I go back to it, and you go, how are you meant to coach against that? If that's within the rules, then there should be a way of accessing that ball. Do you know what I mean? And I, I know, I know, it gets really frustrating because I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, are we just moaning about referees? And we're not, we're, we're, for me, I'm complaining about stuff because it's inconsistent. You know, if, if you look on social media, you know, Fafita and Lousy have both commented on. Oh, they were both going, weren't they? Yeah. And you're like, if that was me, you know, I'd have been gone. And you have to think if that was the other way around, probably would have been a red, you know? So. Yeah, I, I mean, don't be wrong, it, it is good to see players talking like that, but mm. at the same time, they might want to be careful 
because um, did, did you see, was it was it the Bulls uh, chairman or something? He put something up on Twitter as well, didn't he? No, I didn't see that. What was that? He, um, he, he called the URC an absolute joke because of uh, Ulster and Glasgow pulled out of the game and said, what, what sort of joke league is this or something? Just give us the points. And there's like ha- uh, hashtag Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. He well, deleted I mean. it, obviously, but uh, <laughs> he, he, he really went to town. Like, Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Well, they said it was gastroenteritis and it's like half the team are out. So um, if it's dodgy water out there, it's dodgy water. But yeah, I, I think if he's going to complain about that as a chairman, um, yeah, it's probably the wrong thing to do. But as a player, going... If it's the wrong me, platform to put it on. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, with a player, you want that from a player. You want that player going, getting wound up and getting... Like they, you could see they wanted to be there. And that's that's the thing that kind of is disappointing for me more than anything. It's I think the players... I. I've not seen any, I've seen one or two, but they were Osprey supporters um, questioning the commitment of the players. You know, I think if anything, that they, they were, they were going at it too much. They, they were trying to throw offloads with it. There was just no offload there. They were, they were getting desperate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they were, they were trying too hard. I mean, I, I do have to give a special mention to him because he, he's come here at short notice, Dan Thomas. Hmm. And, he he did he did try his socks off, but I, I think he went a little bit too much. It was he was too emotional, you know. He just he just didn't seem to get on the right side of the ref, mm. and I, I I don't know if that's a difference from him playing in the Gallagher Premiership, the refing standards there two over year. But you know, there's a there's a potential to look at there because he I, I think they must have pinged him for like five or six penalties, which mm. is unreal. I mean, overall, even including those penalties, he had a good game. Yeah, I thought he was really good as well. I, I thought some of his tackling was superb. And rumour has it, you know, he, he's a local boy. He came up through Scarlet's Academy. And... Is that try uh, that? You back? But okay, I'll just edit that bit out. It's weird. I got a little. You just thing disappeared up. like thirty yeah. seconds. How bizarre! Um, yeah. So, like Scarlet's Academy like to do, you take a look at Josh Adams. Um, they come up through Academy, and they show a bit of promise, and then we cut them. We send them away to an English team and they, they play really well in an English team for four or five years and then they don't want to come home. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. The rumour is that he wants to come home now, that, that he wants to come back because he's got um, a family farm or something, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. I mean, in, in all fairness, he has spent quite a few years away hmm. and it, it it would be nice having him back. I mean, I, I think he's seriously unlucky not to have picked up a cap over the years. I mean, probably next to no chance of it happening now. Mm. 
but he still is a, a very strong player. He he has played in big matches with Bristol and he has he has performed in those big games as well. Mm. It's just finding a place to really fit him in if he did come back. I know obviously we got all the injuries at the minute, but you know, say we had six of our frontline back row was fit, then I'm I struggle to see where he fits in. Well, I I would say that you've got people like you know Dan Davis just seems to be constantly injured I, c- I can't remember the last time Dan Davis actually played a game you know and then you've got Shingler that's probably near the end of his career and then you've got he's been Blake- near the end for about five years haven't he yeah exactly and then you've got you know Blade Thompson that again is nearing the end of his his playing career you know um so i think you to have somebody like dan thomas come in that's got maybe four or five seasons left in him easy gives us you know uh, between him and mcleod when they when they said he was coming back i thought you know that perfect combination for me is dan thomas with mcleod and I thought that's you know that's going to work really well, and it did. it did. Particularly in that first half, we they didn't look like scoring anything other than that charge down kick, and even that they didn't score because they didn't touch the bloody ball down. So, no, you know, it's I I think that makes a really good strong uh, pair of flankers. Um, and if there's any way that we can keep him here, I think we should be doing it. That's that's my take on it anyway. But do you reckon he's two weeks and then he's going back? Uh, I, I think that's going to be the case. It, it really depends on our injury numbers and where we actually see the likes of Shingler and Thompson and even, you know, like you said, Dan Davis and even Carwin Tuakalot do to, to a certain extent. If these boys are, you know, constantly picking up niggles, then shouldn't we get someone who, like, like, don't get me wrong, anyone can get injured at any point and be out for a long time. Mm. But someone who has gone at least a full season, two full seasons without picking up anything more than a week or two. Mm. I think, so I saw Tupelo do on Saturday and he looks massive. <laughs> he just looks, he looks like, while he's been out, he looks like he's put on bulk. Uh, he looks like he's made of cement now or something like that. He just looks... Yeah, I, I saw him a few weeks ago and he was he, he looked like a pillar he, he, in the in the old four wheels but the business club. He looked like he was one of the pillars of the door. He was just there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's he's still a young player, you know, whereas I think Very the other young, guys yeah. that we're talking about are probably end of career, whereas... End. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you've got Josh McLeod probably in his prime, really. You know, if he hadn't picked up his I mean, injury, yeah, yeah. So it's I can see him. I can see him coming for a while, going back to Bristol, and then coming back to us permanent over summer. I think that's probably what the way it'll happen. Um, but. Yeah, you think you think we're going to let him go for the autumn internationals while we haven't got any games, so we don't have to pay him for three weeks and then bring him back? Well, no, I think that's why that's probably why he's here for two weeks. 
to cover the red and yellow, uh, the red cards for um, Fafita and Lousy, because otherwise they would have covered six. And I think, yeah, I think he'll go back to Bristol. He'll play the rest of the season at Bristol and then he'll come back over the summer. And, and I think he'll be home for good. Because did you see that, that years and years ago now, he did um, an interview with Jonathan Davis on the Jonathan show? And uh, I seen him. so it, it's, it's all in Welsh. So the subtitles just make it even funnier. And there's this thing about, um, so Nigel Owens is on there and they, they're talking away. And then uh, Sarah Elgin Reese goes, So I, I know you've got some good news and share, share your good news with us about a special little lady in your life. And he goes, What, my new, my new heifer? <laughs> Yeah, I've got, I got, I got this really good new heifer, and she's no, 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 your news. And then Nigel Owens is going like, "Oh, what type is she?" Then tell me about it. <laughs> so they're having this whole conversation about his his cows oh, and his herds, and then and then he goes, "I thought you got engaged." Oh yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I got engaged a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so and then they go, "Well, why don't you tell us about that?" What the, the herd or the engagement? I'm confused. <laughs> so he's, you know, I I think he's he's a proper West Wales kind of a guy, and I think he's I think he'd probably he'd be happier coming home. Do you know what I mean? And and being a bit of a bigger fish in a smaller pond, sort of a thing. You can get lost at Bristol with you know various international players coming in and out and swimming around and what have you. Whereas I think he'd be a bit more appreciated back home. So that's my take on it anyway. I, I think he'd I think he'd be a really good fit for us. And like I said last week, I think Chunza would be that would make my pack then if Chunza come back over uh over the summer, that would pretty much melt the pack for me. So that, that's your wish list for Christmas and birthdays at the end of time. Dear, dear Santa, what I would like for Christmas is, but yeah, I just think that that's where we need to to look at. But, but going back to the game, right? I think the one player that we really, really missed in that game um, is Scott Williams. And I know he's a, he's coming up to end of career sort of a thing. I just think he has a a calming effect on players and a bit of a let's put a foot on the ball let's let's stop messing around for a second now let's do you know what I mean? Whereas on Friday it felt like when we hit the panic button we just went into full on meltdown like like we used to under Delaney yeah. and it was like right let's let's see how far we can cock this up in the next five minutes and I think Scott Williams having him there just kind of slows it down and goes right now let's let's stop the silly passes boys let's just take it in contact because Connaught never created much unless we gave them the ball you know unless we we try and throw a pass at the back and knock it on or something stupid like that and that's where they got their tries from it wasn't from creating particularly strong periods of pressure it's from our mistakes you know and we made a lot no I, I agree with you 
with uh, Scott. He, he is he does have that presence about him. I know he, he has captained us on on several occasions in the past. I mean, you know, but barring Steph Evans, try I, I I thought our midfield was pretty anonymous for you know majority of the game. I I didn't see much even just one up hitting from either Foxy or even Steph Evans trying to jink around many people. So yeah, I, I think having either either Scott's calmness or you could even say having Johnny Williams to really just take our ball and just run through people. Because, yeah. you know, he he done that last season against Connacht when he came on just that I think it was either half time or just after. Yeah, it's just and after half time, he, wasn't it? That's all he did. He they give him ball and he just ran at people and that's all he did and it galvanized everybody. Hmm. Well, it's a, he's a big, strong boy. It's like having a, a, a second row uh, inside centre running at you. And if you're an inside centre and you've got somebody like that coming at you full pelt, uh, you you know at some point he's going to go through you, you know, and you, you're just constantly calling people in to help support you. And I, I think that's, you know, we just miss it. I know we, we got, was it 18 players out? On Friday, we had. I think. I yeah, think no, just many now. Yeah, I think. I think we've got a longer injury list than we've got a fit list at the minute. Um, if if you add Fafita and Lousy to the not available list, if you like, and you know, half penny just before kickoff as well. So, wh- wh- what did you hear about half penny? What was your What was your? Little... I, I heard it was. I heard he had a uh, a, a little uh, tightness in his hamstring in the captain's run on uh, Thursday morning. Right, and did and you that's hear? Why... What did you hear that the WIU had made the decision for him to really? Apparently, that's just you know what I heard, but I heard it of three different people that you know that was. Are they reliable? Two on Twitter, one on Facebook, different people. Yeah, yeah. So they might just be all reading the same thing. But do you know what I mean? It's I, I can see the WIU doing that, especially at the minute, where if if they lost half penny at the minute, who do you put in at fullback against the All Blacks? Do you know what I mean? So if I was that's tipping, a simple solution, isn't it? You you put either put Resamit in there, or you or you give uh, Priestland the ball because you know he's on fire. That's a simple solution for us. <laughs> yeah, he's on fire at, at ten, not at fifteen. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put Priestland at fifteen. Oh, then stick and scum there and have <laughs> bloody Priestland at ten. I just think it it creates so many issues if Halfpenny is in there, and I think that's why he was pulled. I think, I think it probably was. A, there was an element of that, and there was a combination of it. There was a conversation between Scarlets and and WIU, and they said, "Look, we we need him next week, and we pay his wages." So, yeah, and and I think that as a, you know, as a Scarlet supporter, is pretty hard to take because you know Tom Rogers is injured. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that one player would have changed the result, but having half penny. I mean, it, it might might have saved, you know, that final try. Mm. But I just think it, it just, it, at the minute, it just feels all very down in the squad. And 
you know, like I say, I was, I was there on Saturday morning. I was at the park on Saturday morning, and it was you could just feel there was an air of uh, nobody even mentioned the, the game. Yeah, you know, normally it, it, it's come on, let's be positive. We got to kind of, you know, we've got to find a way through this. This would be good. Don't worry. And on Saturday, it was just, oh, God, <laughs> well, we won't talk about that. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's really yeah. hard to dig yourself out of. So, but I think there is a way out of it. I have a plan. I, I genuinely do have a plan. I think you've got a plan. I've got a plan, and it's about it's about time that people in high places started listening to me. Because nine times out of ten, what I say and people think I'm being ridiculous turns out to be quite true. And um, I've predicted a couple of draws. Um, so I predicted our draw against um, the Ospreys, not on here. I was I was talking to a mate, and I said I just think it's going to be too close to call. So you predicted a draw from one of several predictions that you made. <laughs> so I predicted twenty four different options. No, I, I did. I said I thought it was going to be too close to call, and I, I said I wouldn't be at all surprised if it becomes a, a ten or draw or something like that. And and then we drew, and I'm like, I, I know, right? It was like twenty three all or something like that, wasn't it? Um, and then I predicted the, the Ospreys draw against the Stormers as well. And I'm like, oh, I should start putting money on this. I mean, all the games I've gotten wrong, would would I would have lost anything. But, yeah, I just... Um, anyway, so my plan is that Leinster aren't going to send a very strong team. Yeah? So... And I think we've got this week to kind of... And not knuckle down. Um, I don't think there's they they need to do a lot of work on skills. Maybe line out, yeah. But I think what they need to work on this week is doing the unexpected. Because what I've noticed, so Zebra ran Leinster really really close, and if they'd held on for those last ten minutes, they would have won. You know, they had a couple of decisions go against them, and they just kind of panicked. Um. Who else was it? Was it Benetton? A couple of people have run Leinster really, really close this year. And yeah. they're not they're not as dominant as as they have been in the past, but they're still eking out a win. And they're almost the other side of, of the coin to us, where we we could quite easily be, you know, that could quite easily have been our first defeat on Friday, you know. Whereas they've kind of had some really close games and come out on top. We've had some really close games and come out underneath. So I don't think that they're going to be bringing a particularly strong squad. Um, I think that they're going to be almost being a bit complacent. And I think if we kind of change that game up, do a, just change the way we're playing in, in the sense of, Lots of tap penalties, lots of quick lineouts. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's do the unexpected. Let's be the the the, the pain in the backside because they don't like it if it's not structured. And it's like scrum, ruck, ruck. Let's have another scrum lineout. That's how they play. 
they, they, and they don't like it mm-hmm. when you kind of mess around with the format of the game. So I think there's that element. And then I think there's a supporters element where we really, really need to get behind the boys and and turn up in big numbers on Friday and just scream the house down every time Leinster get the ball. Just, just let them know that we don't like them very much and go from there. That's my big plan for Friday. That's how we turn it around. What do you think? I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't see Leinster bringing a particularly weakened squad barring the 300 that got called up to the island squad. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I've had a crack at uh, looking at their squad selections and seeing some of the boys who are, I'm expected to play. And, you know, they've got, you know, Ro- Ronan or Rowan Kelleher yeah. as a hooker. And I, I think he's going to be starting. They've got this young kid, John McKee, who uh, has basically taken his place as far as I can tell from the squad selections. And they've got Keller another couple... Has... Yeah, I think Keller is injured, that's why. I think they Oh, he's looked impressive, Mike. What, the young kid? Um, yeah. The, the the tidbits I've seen of him, he's mm-hmm. very much in the mould of Ken Owens. He, he just takes on everything. Right. And they've got a few young boys in the back as well. Turner, Russell, and O'Reilly. Now O'Reilly's only played the one game, I think, but you know they're fast boys and they they look pretty hot on their hat on the heels. Like mm. they they seem to know what they want to do, especially when the play breaks up. So I, I I'm not sure how much of an open game would you know help us <laughs> when, when you know, it's, the, it's these it's the kids who want to play that type of rugby that's coming over. It's not the the you know the 23 plus boys that have been drilled into them, you play this way. Yeah. So what you're saying is is that those pesky kids may well ruin my master plan. Scooby-Doo style. I would have got on away with it if it hadn't been for those pesky kids. But Basically, yeah. I still think we need to, you know, from a even from a season-long point of view, this, this is our last game now for a month, isn't it? I think it is the next game is yeah, the South Africa to our next. Yeah. So we're not going to see those boys and those boys aren't going to see us for a good, for at least six weeks, seven weeks, possibly. So that's why I just think I we need think to... Oh, let me, let me, let me go through my book. I have got them <laughs> in here somewhere. Well, I went through I like it. My little book. One, um, our next home game is way on after this week and our next league home game is New Year's Day. That's when our next league home game is. Yeah, wow. New Year's Day against the Dragons. So obviously we obviously we got European Cup matches, but yeah, that's a that's a long time away, isn't it? That's that's the whole of November and December without a home league game. Wow. But then we've had five so far, haven't we? Yeah, it, yeah, I don't like the setup this season. Does does it mess with your OCD and now they're home away, home away, home away, home away? That's that's how it should be. No, no, just that. It makes going to it makes the going to the games feel like a bit of a chore when you're doing it so often. Because I mean, I, I know other people would have a different because they you know you can have a day out, but you know I I'm going with at least three of my kids. So if I'm taking them, you know, two two three weeks out of four, it's like Jesus Christ, have I got to do this again? <laughs> 
you know, get them on the pitch, man, and and let them have a run around. I think that would be a that'd be a good way of kind of good way of introducing them to the game and a good way of kind of disrupting the opposition. And I think I think that's the key now is disrupting the opposition. But well, I'll be honest, if I if I think I stick my six year old because she she loves playing at the minute. She could take a ball and she could get through him because no one could get low enough to grab her. <laughs> I tackle her. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I saw on social media after after last and and this has been building now probably the last two or three weeks is there seems to be a a hardcore of supporters who just want to get rid of Dwayne and. I I just can't see that. One, I can't see it happening. Two, I can't see it helping. And three, I think it's just the wrong thing to do. Do you know what I mean? What's your call on it? What what, what do you reckon on it? I mean, I I agree with you entirely. I mean, people need to remember this is rugby. It's not football. We don't get rid of managers or head coaches on a whim. Hmm. We, you know, and the board have publicly backed Dwayne repeatedly and things people need to take into consideration. Yeah, I know we voluntarily got rid of Hugh Hogan and brought in Gareth Williams, but we've also lost Dyke Flanagan and we haven't replaced him yet. Mm. I mean, there was a replacement lined up apparently, but for whatever reason they pulled out. So we are still running this season one coach down mm. and it is the attack coach that is missing, which... You know, our attack hasn't been firing, so maybe you know that we can point to that. I mean, mm. if you look at what the Flanagan's doing with the Dragons with their attack at the minute, you you can see there's been a bit of an impact and change there. So for, for people to be saying Dwayne needs to go, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Dwayne's not the one on the pitch performing poorly. Yeah, and I think it's I know we say it's the attack that's that's not working. I think there's lots of little bits that are not working all over the place to kind of go to form bits of the jigsaw that are just not working. But I think it will come. I think we will hit a point where those offloads start to stick and the structure starts to build a little bit more. I think confidence has got so much to do with the way we play our game. And I think getting rid of your head coach is just, that doesn't do much of confidence. Do you know what I mean? And no, I'm with you. I mean, don't be wrong. I, I do think that, you know, they, Dwayne made a few mistakes on the weekend, especially with, you know, the timing of the subs. I mean, I, I honestly, I thought that, you know, he, he should have probably got hardy off at half time. You know, I was praising him last week for starting the game awesome and he just reverted <laughs> back to type this week. And, you know, Costello, he, he was still playing pretty well. And Patchell came on and kind of, you know, as we spoke before, he kind of lulled out. And you could see in uh, Stefan Thomas and in Harry O'Connor that those boys were dead on their feet long before they went off the pitch. Mm. But I thought I thought Harry O'Connor had a cracking game again. Oh, um, yeah, no, no doubt. I was scrum, our front row, and not just the starting front row, the replacement as well was outstanding. I mean, mm. I, I got to give huge praise for Stefan Thomas. His defence on our own line, I mean, he, he must have been involved in about five or six tackles and rucks on the bounce and he was still getting back up. He was still getting on the line and he was still going. Mm. It was brilliant to watch. 
And like I said, with a replacement front row, it was really good to see Kem Kem. Uh, if I can say his name, <laughs> Kemsley Mathias. Kemsley, local boy. John, even even if even if Will Griffith as uh, he has kind of you know faded those handlebars away into a full. Oh, I was gutted, absolutely gutted. I mean, he obviously grew them over summer. And he'd, he'd shaved them because that photo on on the, the the team shot is not like there's not a little bit of stubble. Do you know what I mean? He shaved those those handlebars in that morning specifically for the team shot, and then he goes and grows a full beard by the time he's on the pitch. I mean, come on! And it was a big bushy one as well. No, no, you remember Murphy's the. Um, Australian fast bowler. It was kind of like that, only bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like squashed in. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I was yeah, I, bigger I, than his face. Well, when I saw him named on the uh, as a replacement, I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to get to see the handlebars. Here we go. And he came on and I could see the beard. And I was like, ah, I quite let down now. That, that was going to cheer me up this evening, <laughs> you know? He popped out, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it was a big disappointment to be honest a big disappointment but, yeah so that might have been a disappointment but to see him scrummaging again and to see him scrummaging well that was a positive and that's one of the very few positives I've got to take from <laughs> this weekend from that game yeah and I, I think we've got to try to dig some positives out wherever we can at the minute because like I say I think it. it whether we want it to or not, it affects how players play the game. Like we had a couple of players on the bench that were not put on. Um, uh, what's his name? Shenton. Shenton so, and Eddie James. Yeah, both on the bench, both young boys, both coming through. And I think that's probably the right decision not to put them on that on that park when you're getting hammered left, right, and centre, and nothing's going your way. You don't want them to have that as their first kind of senior debut. Do you know what I mean? It'll be yeah. frustrating I mean, for them, but... I mean, we, we could have probably pulled them on before that penalty try. You know, it, it, it might have been an idea. It might have freshened things up. Like Eddie James, he, he is a big boy. I'm not saying he's the same type of impact and mm. physical player that Johnny Williams is, but he is sort of in that mould. Mm. And that that is one thing I would really like to see this weekend with Leinster. Just look at your team sheet and go. You know what, uh, you guys. You know, you, you know, you're not past it just yet, but you know, you you are aging. Let's just put some young boys on and you know, play with a bit of flair, play with a bit of you know, boom. Yeah. Get some really give some boys a massive boost of confidence so they go into that game all guns blazing. Like if we could see a centre pairing of Eddie James and I, I want to say Joe Roberts, but I know he's injured and Baldwin. Yeah. I think you know that that would be brilliant, and seeing maybe uh, hopefully to a plot was fresh because Callum Mahoney was was dead on his feet after twenty five thirty minutes. Well, maybe to a plot one Giannini in there it would be just some young boys to mm. really boost morale. Well, when um, I don't know if you picked it up on the ref, Mike, but there was like a um, a dropout from behind the goal line or dropout twenty two or whatever, and they were going yeah kick it to Callum Afoni. <laughs> they, they, they knew where the ball was going. They knew who to kick it to because he was going to get that ball anyway 
And it's like, right, their, their plan is, the Scarlet's plan is, get the ball back to Callum Avoni. So you're just like, people know we, we, we've become too predictable. We're relying on him way too much for, for what we need to do. And we need to kind of share some of that work around and get some of those other boys, you know, somebody somewhere has got to start breaking a line the way he does. Yeah, somebody has got to start making those those five ten meter yard uh, gains, and start doing it consistently and start fighting for those yards. And I think if we can start doing that, then that confidence will spread. And then you know you, you've then got Carl Mafoni going like, well, hang on, that that used to be my job. You know, give, where's the ball? Let me have the ball. Come on, I want. Do you know what I mean? And, and you start. Yeah, to... I, I don't even think it needs to be someone break, making those few yards. I just think we need to change things up because, like you said, we are too predictable. We know where the ball is going. Maybe mm. have, have Almafoni, you know, shift a second pass out or uh, have him as a, you know, a, a dummy runner because, you know, they knew the ball was going to him. The commentators knew the ball was going to him. <laughs> They're like, where, where, where is he? Where is he on the field? Or oh, it's going to the winger. No. No, Calamaphoni's there. He's getting the ball. Watch now. Yeah. Uh, it, it was too true. I mean, what made us so great a few years ago under Pivak and the beginning under Moore was that unpredictability, how we would give it to everyone and everyone would run. Yeah. And I think that's something that we haven't seen this season as of yet. Mm. We haven't seen... I don't think I've seen any proper strike plays come off. And, you know, you, you don't need buckets and buckets full of strike plays you just need two or three with different options within those yeah so you know if the first player doesn't bite it goes on to the next one you know you mm. you, you set it up in a way that players can remember where they need to be and if the man if the man before you goes through it follow that's it so yeah. you gotta do yeah as i say it's been frustrating at, at times when we have made a break and that player isn't there on the shoulder to offload to. And I think those breaks have got less and less and less. And now we're in a bit where we're going, yeah, so now we're not even making breaks. And I, I do genuinely just think so much of that is down to confidence. And you could see where um, on Steph's try, with Johnny McNichol kind of does that little dummy flip out the back sort of a thing. Yeah. Go, yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, you know, there's a fair bit of confidence here to, not just a dummy pass, but a dummy flip out the back, and then he's around, the, you know, around the player, draw the full back and, and in, and it's a nice, simple, straightforward try. So I think it's just little bits like that that somebody, once it starts, and it starts to build, I think it'll 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 build really really quickly. You know, that's that's what we said last week. If if we can back up that Zebra win with another win against Connaught, I think it would have been, um, you know, the start of the the corner has been turned sort of a thing. I just think we're, we're now in that bit where we go Leinster, Stormers, Lions, I think it is, European yeah. Cup, you know, it's a bit of a hard slog and you don't want to be fighting through that hard slog. You want to be you know, on a on a bit of a wave of confidence going there. Having said that, I'm yeah, I think mean, maybe two weeks in South Africa might not be a bad thing. You know, away from everything. No, no it might. 
It might not be. And I mean, like you said at the beginning, you know, it is a long old season. We are we have got twelve games left. And even if you take out Leinster, Stormers, Lions, we still got nine more games. Hmm. And you know, I'll, you know, if if you pick up even six wins out of that, chances are you're going to be pushing for top half of the table. Hmm. So it's not all dead and buried. I mean, I I think they probably should be a bit of emphasis to use South Africa to uh, as not so much, you know, training or development, but just as a sort of platform and really target getting some good results in the European Cup games and then on to our our festive derbies. Mm. I think that would probably be a, a good way to try and remove the negativity and go, look, this is what we this is our plan for this block of games. Mm. These are the ones we're targeting. We just want you to stick to your individual plans for the, these two games and just you play your best rugby. Mm. So let's uh, let's make a couple of predictions for the Leinster game then. <laughs> now we, we said before we came on here that we were going to try and be positive. So how positive can we be? About result against Leinster. Oh, we're gonna win it. <laughs> You're gonna put your Every kids day on. Of the week. <laughs> well, I just hope we. I think we'll give them a bloody nose. I really do. I think I, I genuinely have this deluded belief. I think it must be that we, it's there within us, and I say we we haven't been that far away, apart from that Connaught game, and well, apart from the second half of the Connaught game, we have not been that far away from every single game that we played in. And as good as that Leinster performance was against Munster on the weekend, 45,000, no, 43,000 in that stadium for a, a game. <laughs> there are international crowds that are smaller, but I think it'd be a bit of a shock for him coming off that game, and that's probably the first time. This... In Pakistan, yeah, but coming off that game and coming into a uh, um, a side that they think is not on the up, a side that's a bit down, I just think it's got one of those kind of. Um, Boys' own stories written all over it, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's this. This could somebody's going to put their hand up and have an outstanding game. Somebody's going to put their marker down. There's going to be a couple of dodgy decisions. Something's going to go our way, and then there's going to be a last-minute kick. And and I just, I I can genuinely see us winning this game. I genuinely can. And I'm going to be there as well. I will be there. Honest, I promise this time. Um, so. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say we're gonna win by a last minute kick. Is what I'm gonna do. And 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 a me and my a last minute kick. That is, there is no belief in you at all, is there? <laughs> no, I just I just think we, we we're gonna eke out a game. We're gonna. It's gonna be one of those things where things just start going right. There'll be a dodgy referee decision that goes the right way, that as in our way, and we'll just be sitting there going, "Do you know what? I don't care. I don't care." With with three minutes to go or two minutes to go, there's gonna be a penalty on halfway, and and Patch is gonna step up and just whack it over, and it'll be twenty-one nineteen or something dumb like that. So that's that's my prediction. 
I, I don't think we should be, you know, predicting scores anymore. I think it's really unfair <laughs> for us to have to predict scores. You know, this it's Monday night. You know, we've got no, no, no inclination of what the side is going to be. Uh, you know, they haven't even had the weekly press conferences, so we can't even take anything from that. So I think it is really unfair on us to predict scores. But I'm, I'm going to say, I'll go 28 nil. is it? <laughs> that, that no, that, that's a little bit ridiculous. No, uh, twenty-four, twenty-two, and no, it'll it'll only be a one-score game because they they'll score in the last minute. Go on, we'll we'll have a nice, comfortable nine-point lead going into the seventy-ninth minute, and then they'll go over. <laughs> how many yellow cards? How many yellows? How many reds? How many minutes in a game? Eighty or. So... <laughs> Uh, it, it, there's always there's always going to be at least one or two yellows. I would just hope that it's not for us. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the dodgy ref this week. I don't even know who the ref is, but he's he's going to go. All right, you've had your fair share of cards and iffy decisions so far this year, and uh, at least three yellow cards for for Leinster, preferably all at the same time. And 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 we might stick a few points on them, but yeah, at all, least on six, all on sixty on sixty nine fifty nine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Moving on then. Moving on to. Yeah. <laughs> it it is hard slog going through scarlet stuff at the minute, mate. But you know, it's yeah, it's coming. It's coming. I can feel the positivity coming. It's building. Look at what Dragon supporters are like at the minute. A couple of wins and we'll be back to, oh my God, we can beat the All Blacks again. Which uh, Yeah, but when are those couple of wins going to happen, you know? <laughs> soon. That's the question. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. I can feel it Friday. in the water. Yeah, Friday. <laughs> right, local tricks. If I make it Friday, I'm going to be absolutely knackered. i got the kids' rugby training beforehand. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be limping down to Parker Scarlets together. I wouldn't do that, mate. They they put you on a, a, a sub a second half if you're walking around with a limp. He must be one of ours. <laughs> right. So, um, there were some good wins for uh, local sides over last weekend, like some proper proper decent wins. The the game that probably most exciting was Milford and um, Kamal and Athletic. Um, proper, proper boys' own stuff. Literally, last kick of the game, Milford slotted over uh, 9-8. And you're just like... You know, 9-8 or 8-7. It was a really... 8-7. And you're just like, wow. You know, that's a, such a hard-fought game. And um, for Milford, you know, Milford haven't had much of a run of luck so far this season. So for them to come away with that, um, you that's know, two wins play. on the bounce as well. Yeah, yeah, and you just think, you know, fair play to them. That's the sort of game. There was a video on social media. Um, I see if I can share it when I post uh, post the podcast, but of the of the 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 last kick, and it sounds like you know. Uh, you're at a Wales game, <laughs> you know, just with all that, all those supporters around you, and it was a hell of a kick as well. It, it wasn't like from the 22; it was at least 40, 45 meters. You know, it was a big kick, 
last minute. I just like, oh, that's 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 what local rugby is for. You know, you can imagine going seeing watching that if you're a five year old kid, and that's like, wow, yes, that's amazing stuff. So I do yeah. remember watching my local team as a sixteen year old, and a, a similar thing happened in the semi final of the district cup, and oh, the feeling behind it was it's unreal. And it sticks with you, doesn't it? It sticks with you for such a long time, you know. It's, I, it's... I can, I can, I can see, I can still see that that kick in my head because mm. it's, it's on my favorite ground, and I can still, I can remember where I was, I can remember where I'm looking because he was bang on the ten meter line and the five, and he, I can just remember seeing it, and you just see a sail over, and it's just like. I, I'm stumped for words. That that's the feeling it gives you. You don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully Milford would have uh, picked up a, a few extra supporters over the weekend with that because that was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to them. And Narbeth is still on a good win, a, a good run. Uh, Narbeth had another good win against um, uh, Cardiff Met. Met. You know, thirty ten. You know, so. There's there's a lot of positivity around at the minute. There, there were some big big wins for uh, Pembrokeshire sides. Um, couple of couple that probably should have done better, but yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of rugby being played over the weekend. So yeah, which was nice. I mean, there, there was only one game that was was postponed, which was you know fish guard and, and apparently a lot of their boys come down with COVID or something. So. I, yeah, I couldn't work out what it was. I couldn't. I didn't see anything on social media, and they, yeah, they usually quite good. I saw a post good. from Mundles saying that uh, it was called uh, off a couple of days beforehand because some a lot of their boys had been uh, come down with COVID and couldn't play. Right. I okay. don't know how much truth it is in that, but mm. th- that's what I've seen. Yeah, well, I said on the um, on the scoreboard on on Saturday that um, I I didn't know what it was because I I checked the fish guard. Um, social media, and I didn't see anything on there, but um, yeah, that would make sense. And unfortunately, yeah, it is still around. And if it gets into your side, it can it can wipe out half a team pretty quickly, can it? So yeah, and it's it's not even as though it's like a little cold that you you can just go. You know what? I'm just going to play through it. It's just like, well, no, yeah. I, I'm kind of legally not allowed to play. Like again, a bit of trouble. Yeah, that's nasty. Anyway, so this week's games. This week's game. So there's only one league game this week, which is Narbeth and Meister Quins. So um, for me, that's quite a simple one because I just think Narbeth are on a bit of a roll. And I think, you know, everything just seems to be going right for them. So I'm I'm calling Narbeth on that one. Who, uh, yeah, who you... I, I'm... I'm with you 100%. Narba, they're going to take wins. You know, they they really are in such a promising position this season. I, mm. I mean, I, I don't think they're quite strong enough to break that top two. Because I think it's going to be Pontypool and Neath are going to lock down that top Neath, two. Yeah. But I honestly think that they are, and that result down in Bargoy, against Bargoy, 28-25, I think... The, the line is so tight at the minute between those two yeah. that it, it, Arbeth could potentially hit that third spot. And I think that would be a massive improvement. And, you know, like like we've said, with the new promotion to the Premiership being a 14-man team from next season, you know, next year we can see Arbeth being crowned Championship winners. 
which would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, they've been working at this for, you know, at least the last, you know, five, six years of, of, of really building a secure squad and building a comfortable squad. And I think that they're, they're, they're starting to see the benefits of it now. There's a lot of players there that are that have been there a while. There's a lot of players there that have kind of developed within the system. You know, it's a difficult place to persuade people to transfer into. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, if you're if you're one of the Swansea teams, you can probably ping pong around three or four different teams at, at that kind of level. Same if you're in kind of Cardiff or Valleys, you know, you're quite close. There isn't a lot of of teams of Narbeth standard close by. You know, so I think the the stuff that they're doing is working really, really well. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed, I can see them coming away with a handsome win on uh, on Saturday. So then we go into the cup matches. So this is where it gets interesting because half of these teams, I'm sitting there and I'm going, I've not got the scoobiest what <laughs> what these what these boys are like because we don't play them every week, so I don't pay any attention. So. In the Division One Cup, Crimmer are at home to Vellinvoil. So you probably know more about Vellinvoil than me. What what are they playing like this year? They're pretty well. I mean, we've we've seen a couple of the results against you know Crimmer and against Abba. They picked up two draws, and hmm. they they've been looking fairly strong. So I mean, I'm 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 always going to back you know Crimmer because I I think you know they've got a, a real good opportunity. This season, uh, maybe eke out promotion. Mm. So, you know, you know, very involved they are. They are, you know, they are up there. But I think Krimith should just be too strong. Mm. I hope Krimith like a good cup run. They just seem to they they seem to put cup runs together and they do enjoy a good cup run. So this might well be the the cup run for this year. So I'm going Krimith as well on that yeah. one. Yeah. One thing I have got to say is mm. I do not have the foggiest idea how this cup is going to work <laughs> after these two stages because I'm, I'm counting the number of you know groups that they got and it's like 12 or 14. It's like, well, how, how are you going into an next round? Are you like, are you doing the the winners of the group, and then however many else you need to fill their places? Or I, I just I just don't know how it's working. So I, I don't know which teams are actually fighting for anything. <laughs> um, I think we leave that one for a Christmas special. <laughs> I think we'll go. We'll wait till they tell us this is what's going to happen, and then we'll go. Ah, oh, yeah, we thought it was. I I think that's the way to do that one, mate. I haven't got a clue either. I I just. It is what it is. They play the games. It don't make sense. It don't yeah. make sense. If it was a multiple of eight, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see what they're doing. Yeah, but no. Mm. But anyway, mm. next game is Pembroke away in Gosainen. Uh, I just, Pembroke just can't seem to buy a win at the minute. So, uh, and that's a tough game going away to Gosainen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm calling that Gosainen. I mean, I, I I'm with you as well. I mean, they they can't they generally can't buy a win. It is a struggle. It is interesting because while the seniors are going to play Go Sign down there, a patch in the cup, mm. the youth 
a hosting got signed in in the yeah, back this game this week. Oh, where is it? I've lost it's it now. In, in the youth. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, uh, yeah, interesting. But it's one of those games, isn't it, that just kind of, you'd like to say, oh, cup match, you know, something might happen. It's, I can't, just can't see it happening for them at the minute. I, and I'd say the same for Whitland. Uh, they, they've got Newcastle oh, Emden. You know, two weeks on the bounce. <clears throat> yeah, and I just can't. You know, Newcastle are on such a high at the minute, and Whitland just seem to be running with concrete boots. So, yeah, same again. And it, it's I mean, the same as Pembroke. Yeah. It's it's they just can't buy a win. But I mean, honestly, if it, if it wasn't for the fact that it that it was the Youth Cup week this weekend, I would have said. Just field after you, team and the seniors, see how they do. But uh, you know that unfortunately that's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay, so Division Two. Then we've got uh, Milford are at home against Pontebarum. So I've got Milford on that one because it's home. Pontebarum not having a great yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah, um, two on the bounce as well. Got to be a nice easy win for me. Well, not nice and easy, but it's got to be. Hopefully, yeah. maybe. A, yeah. a teeny tiny, tiny, tiny margin. Let's just hope it's a win. <laughs> um, and then Tembe, Ponte de Lice and Fishguard, uh, Bury Port. So I've, I've gone in the Division Two Cup, I've gone for three Pembrokeshire wins. I've gone for Tembe to beat Ponte de Lice and Fishguard to beat Bury Port. What's uh, we, <laughs> I can see you looking at me about Bury Port. <laughs> I'm looking at you about both of them because no. Both of them have been playing Ponta de Lice and Barryport are two very strong teams. Ah, and I, as much I, I think I think Tembi got the best chance of doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I, I will I'll eat my well, I'd say eat my hat, but I'll I'll eat my socks if I'm wrong. I can't see <laughs> Fish God pulling it out over Barryport. I just can't. And Tembi, I was really I was really gutted to see Tembi just narrowly losing to Christ this weekend mm. but I'm, I'm gutted to say I'm, I'm going against them this week well we'll differ on that one then so our our favourite game of uh, uh, of every set it's of fixtures St David's are at home to Nantamoyle so I'm going to tag Nantamoyle in, in the post when we put it out uh, on this anyway just to let them know what the rules are and the rules are when you go to St. David's, you need to have fancy dress after the game because those are the rules. And there is no other yeah. rule other than that is the rule. So I'm... I'm and we'll take... try and get it out before their Tuesday night training. Yeah, so that they can have a good conversation. They can go away. They can come back on the Thursday. They can compare outfits. They can make sure the theme kind of works. Have a quick check of the weather. You don't want to be going Hawaiian if it's going to be hammering it down. Like, you know, so you've got to have a, a, a consideration for what's happening. But what I will say to Nantamoyle, go on. It's Halloween week. There's, there's only one fancy dress oh, option. Of course. Of course. How can I miss that one? <laughs> yeah, so it's got to be a, a Halloween fancy dress. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, on, on the rugby front, I've said that Nantamoyle are probably going to win. Um, 
Oh, well, more than probably, I think. Yeah. Without being disrespectful to St. David's, I think Nantamoyla, they're going away with the spoils, unfortunately. But, you know, the important thing is that fancy dress needs to be done when in St. David's. And they need to plan for a long night in the clubhouse as well, because that's how St. David's away games usually go. Well, so, what they need to do is they need to bring two bus drivers, one one sober, <laughs> and one yeah. to go up like. And one to play the piano. So, uh, <laughs> ne- next game is Pembroke Quinns at home against Ton Mauer. I think that's a tough game for the Quinns, and they lost away at Nayland last Saturday, but. I think Ton Maurer are just a. I've I've gone for the Quins, good because, because I always do. But I guess it's going to be a really really tough game, really really tough game. Yeah, I, I I'm the same. I, I it's it, like you said, it's really hard to call because if even if you try to look at the tables and results from the other leagues, we're still so early in the season to really tell who's going to do what. Yeah. So yeah. it is. It's so hard to pick one out, but no, I, I'm I'm hoping going for a home win as well. Yeah. So then we've got Nayland away in Kev Nathan. Um, now I've broken ranks on this one. I've gone Kev Nathan for that. Are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm I'm, I'm trying. I, I've I've looked at my uh, my picks over the last few weeks and I my percentage has been been pretty low. You know, I I haven't I think I've only hit over eighty percent once, which has disappointed me. So I I've started thinking a bit more with my head. <laughs> started thinking. I'm making this stuff up as I'm going, and you you you've got like five weeks worth of of form. You you've got like videos. I've, and, I've um, actually I... got eight weeks. I only note five weeks on the run. <laughs> My God. <laughs> right. Okay, then. So, Lam at home to Kamaran. Who have you gone on that one? What have we got? Lan. Lan are at home oh. to Kamaran. Lan. Yeah, I've gone Lan as well. Yeah. They're just on a bit of a run of form, aren't they? So, uh, and the same goes for Halford West. They, they've hit a bit of a run of form of late. Uh, they're away in Hangarog. So I've I've gone half at West, even though it's away, and I don't know who Tlangadog are. I don't know what their form is. I don't know what their last five week win ratio has been, but I'm gonna go with half at West. I don't know what the <laughs> other teams' bloody wins are like. <laughs> I just know I was. Just because I can flip through my book and I can see the last thing fixtures, it's easy to do once you've got it on paper. That's got to be a big book, man. Come the end of the season, that's going to be like the old yellow pages, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not too bad. I mean, there's only what, like, twenty odd fixtures. You know, it's, that's only what. That's only, that's only forty odd pages for me, really. If I can squiggle it nice and small. What the hell? Okay, so are you going Halford West as well, are you? Yeah, I think that's yeah. a simple one. I, I I do think Halford West are finally. Back to okay. where they were at last season. Okay, so Aberayron at home to Swansea Uplands. I've gone Aberayron on that just because I don't like Swansea Uplands. I've gone Aberayron, but I've got to make a bit of a mention for Swansea Uplands because I done my level one uh, coaching with someone from there not so long ago, 
and apparently they've had an old patron pass away and left them over a million pound. So wow. Oh, there's there's a lot of uh, rules and reg and and stipulations to how they can use the money. Yeah. But uh, apparently there's obviously a, a lot of money being spent on certain things at that club and they are pushing forward. And if you look at the league results, I think they're four from four sit on top of the uh, their division. So uh, it, okay. it, it is a tough game, but I'm, I'm hoping that the travel in fact uh, helps Arbery run for the win. Yeah, I'll tell you a story about my, my visits to the Swansea Uplands uh, another time. When we got a bit more time, not, not, on, the <laughs> not on the daily. <laughs> uh, Sinclair's away in Sandilo. Um Sinclair's just cannot seem to lose at the minute. They just, you know, they, they're on a uh, top of the table, um, running quite nice, I think. So I'll, I'll pick yeah. Sinclair's. Yeah, yeah, same. We we I no, we I picked them out at the start of the season to have uh, to be very very strong, and they. They they proved true to form. They yeah. are going well. And final game then is Cardigan away in Furnace. Now I don't know what Furnace are like, but I I've seen Cardigan's results so far this year, and I think if Cardigan were playing, blooming the Telly Tubby's second fifteen, they'd probably struggle this year. So I've gone for Furnace on that one. I, I've gone for Cardigan just for the sake of it. I mean, I, I <laughs> so you I don't, don't know, know either. Much. So you flipped the coin and I gone the other know, way. <laughs> I don't know much about Furness. I mean, my girls, my girls play for Stradi Saucepans and they train on Furness's pitch. But you know, they I've got no idea what their seniors are like or what any of their setup is like. If I'm totally honest with you. I know there's no boots in the clubhouse, but that's Obviously. about as far as it goes. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. All right, well, Mark, over the next couple of weeks, mate, we've got international break and all of that, so we'll have a chance to look at some of the local games a bit more and a look at our local uh, league predictor and compare my my predictions against yours. So that's, that's coming up over the next couple of weeks. And until then, my friend, enjoy your rugby, and I shall catch up with you again next week. I'll probably catch up with you on Friday night, if you're there. I, I will be there, but like I said, I'll be dragging a few kids and I'll be limping along. So, you know, <laughs> you'll notice me from a few miles out. <laughs> All the best, my friend. i see you on Friday. And to you. Cheers, mate. ta So, as always, we ran out of time and there were a couple of things that um, Martin gave me a telling off of for, for getting to talk about during the, the, the podcast. So, first off, to add to fixtures for this week on Wednesday, Wednesday 26th, Pembroke College are at home against Whitchurch High School. So, we'll try and post the details of that on the Facebook page when we know where that one's being played. Um, and also, this weekend is a, a big uh, um, start to the Youth Cup Bowl and Plate uh, competitions, so which, which we... We briefly spoke about in the uh, in the main pod. So um, this week in the Under 18s Youth Cup, uh, Nant Conway uh, are at home against Narbuth. So Narbuth have got a big trip away there. Pembroke are at home against Corsinan, like we spoke about in the plate. Uh, Kremich are at home against Morrison. Rithin play Aberystwyth. So Aberystwyth have a, a long old trip up north in that one. In the bowl, Haverford West travel to 
Bangor, Whitland are travelling to Congorse, Temby are away in Fairwater, that's going to be a massive weekend for the Temby boys, uh, and Langham are at home against Kamala Athletic. So, as always, guys, we would love to have your comments, particularly on the youth games um, in the, the, the coming weeks, because you know that is the future of our game in Pembrokeshire. So we'd love to, to hear and have some match reports on the, the youth games. And as always, your comments are always very welcome. So do get in touch, either through our Facebook page or by email or by Twitter. We'd love to have you a part of the show. Enjoy your rugby, guys. We'll chat again next week. You have been listening to the Westerer is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Bestera. Cheers. Podcast Network.